Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Wow, it's great to celebrate, to worship, to praise. How awesome was the movie last Sunday night, hey? War Room. And if you did miss it, you can buy it on uh, from uh, Kurong. And someone said it's in some of the uh, stores around Target and other places as well. So it's uh, just a really impacting movie. I've watched it three times now and it's one of my must-see. I rarely watch a movie more than once. But I've done three times already on that one. Because I get stirred every time. And tonight I want to pick up one uh, little theme about that from Liz Jordan. Remember the the wife and it looked like her marriage was going to head downhill and and there was strife and God started to speak to her heart through lovely old Clara. Hey, what what a gem she was. And she just stirred her up to pray with authority and to stand in the gap and claim. And when Liz started to pray and take authority over the schemes of darkness, something happened. But she had to raise her voice. She had to lift it up and speak with confidence. Not that God's deaf. Some people say, well, God's not deaf, so you don't have to speak loud. No, he can hear the quietest whisper of your heart. But sometimes we need to raise our voice for us to press through our fears and get through our self-awareness and self-consciousness because there are times when you've got to sing or shout or pray with boldness and with some volume because God often talks about shout to the Lord, sing unto the Lord, pray with boldness, declare, command. You can't command with a whisper, not very often. You've got to... You've got to put some energy into it. And I believe that God wants to stir our hearts as His people to not be ashamed or embarrassed to boldly declare the name of Jesus and to to shout it out sometimes, to take authority. And like we saw in that movie last week, Liz, when she got stirred and she read the word enough and she realized that her marriage might be going to be over, she started to take authority and she walked around a bit timidly. And then by the end of that prayer, she was taking authority and speaking it out boldly in the name of Jesus Christ. And God's calling us to learn to speak, to pray, and to declare boldly the name of Jesus Christ, not to be intimidated. So I started a series last Sunday on uh, prayer and we continued that this morning and I wanted to pick up some of those thoughts that we were talking about and uh, that's key scripture I shared this morning Mark 11 22 to 25 have faith in God Jesus answered truly I tell you if anyone says to this mountain go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart but believes that what they say will happen it will be done for them You've got to say it, not whisper it or think it. You've got to say it, declare it, because out of the, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're speaking it, there's faith in your heart. That's why when we lead people to Jesus, we get people to confess with our mouth, to declare. That's why God says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. So prayer and praise, we need to speak it out, to declare it. If you want to get a mountain removed, you've got to speak to that mountain. The story goes about um, Mount Everest, all the failed attempts. And uh, Sir Edmund Hillary, he was defeated on that mountain. But one day he was, saw a picture of the mountain and he turned to it. And he said, you're not going to get any bigger, but I am. And I'm going to defeat you, mountain. He spoke to his mountain. It wasn't too long before he went back 
in the 1950s and climbed Mount Everest for the first time. There are times you've got to speak to your mountain. That mountain of doubt or fear, that mountain of lack, that mountain of intimidation and addiction and strong. You've got to sometimes turn and speak to that mountain and say, be gone in Jesus' name. And it goes on and says, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now, believe is an active word. It's not just, well, I've sort of got this idea that I believe in God. No, it's an active word that you make changes in your life. You believe, therefore you act upon your belief. And that's what it says there, to take authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Then it says, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may also forgive your sins. So faith believes the promises of God greater than just your feelings or circumstances. Faith believes God's promise for your life. So I want to pick up the story of uh, in Paul and Silas in Acts 16. And some of you know the story. Paul and Silas were on their missions trip and uh, they ended up in jail. How on earth did that happen? They were out preaching. They uh, saw a, a young lady that was being used um, for witchcraft purposes and they set her free. They bound up the evil spirit over her and she was set free. And you'd think everyone rejoiced when someone gets free. Well, not everyone does sometimes because the people that were making money out of her gift got really angry, stirred up all the people, and Paul and Silas get thrown into prison. They get beaten, thrown into prison in the middle of the darkest uh, cell in that prison. And those prisons back then were a terrible place to be. Darkness, no food, um, rats everywhere and whatever. It was a terrible, dark place. So they're thrown in there, and, and Silas, he was a young guy thinking, well, I don't remember reading this when we set out on this missions trip, we were going to end up getting beaten and thrown in jail. And they could have been really angry at God, saying, God, you sent us on this mission trip, how come this has worked out terrible? And sometimes when we set out to serve God, things get tough sometimes, we can get upset at God. That's what the enemy will want you to do. Silas could have been angry at Paul, and they could have been fighting, saying, Paul, why didn't you just leave that lady alone? Look where we are now. And they could have had a big fight over, why did they do what they did? But no, they didn't blame God or each other. They thought, no, if we're ever going to get out of this, we've got to change tack, and we've got to lift up the name of Jesus. We've got to declare and start to sing. So it says in um, Acts 16, 25 and 26, is about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Now you've got to realize they had big stone walls in those prisons, so they must have been praying and singing loudly for the whole prison to hear them. They weren't sort of there thinking, oh God, this is terrible, can you please come and help us, send an angel and help us? No, they're, they're singing with all of their heart, and they're praying as loud as they can, declaring, God, you are able to get us out of here. And so it's midnight, which is the darkest time when the pressure's on. You can get angry at God or blame others, or you can determine, no, I'm going to go God's way, and I'm going to start to declare God's promises over my life. And so they, they're singing, shouting, praising God. I don't know how long it went on for. And it says, about midnight... Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison was shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. I love this because when you 
praise with all of your heart. When you pray with authority and declare how awesome our God is, God will come and He'll set you free, but He'll set everyone else around you free. That's why it's so powerful. That's why we sing so passionately in church. That's why we pray so passionately in church and in our life groups and our ministry groups because we know that we are getting set free. We're celebrating the freedom God's already done, but we know other people are getting set free as we do it in the name of Jesus Christ. There's a spiritual power at work and being released. And I, you know, Harvey Bay has got... It's a lovely place, but there's plenty of challenges with unemployment and crime and, and uh, drug addictions, everything. But a lot of people come into town and say, there's something about this place. They can feel something in the spiritual atmosphere that's open. And that's one of the reasons, because churches like ours and other churches here, and people have been praying and singing and worshiping, because it creates an open heaven. It creates an open atmosphere. And we've got to step up, like Paul and Silas, and don't think, woe is me. God, where are you? You've let me down. Don't blame God. Don't blame each other, which they could have easily got into a fight. But no, they turned their attention to God and started to pray and pray. They, had, they didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know that the earthquake was coming. But something stirred in their heart. And they knew that if they shifted the atmosphere from darkness and imprisonment and pain, their bodies are obviously in pain because when they beat them, they beat them. And they were probably bleeding. And because we see afterwards, the uh, prison guy starts healing, patching up their wounds. So they were obviously in great physical pain. But they went beyond those things and started to pray and praise with all of their heart. And I think, wow, what a great lesson that is. And the suddenlies might happen. There are times where you're praying and all of a sudden things happen. But they don't always happen suddenly. But let me tell you, God's at work and things are shifting. When you pray and praise, the atmosphere shifts. It'll start to shift inside your head and mind and heart. Like I shared this morning, when you pray for others, guess what? Often you change first. You start praying for that difficult neighbor, guess what? God will start to change your attitude. He'll start to give you compassion for that difficult workmate that husband or wife or family member who's just just a pain or so frustrating and they just seem to know how to press all your buttons all the time and get you so angry and upset. You can spend your day complaining and reacting to them or you can say, God, I pray that your blessing will come on them. Lord, I pray you'd touch them with your love and grace. And the more you pray, let me tell you, God starts to work inside of you and you change and then God's love and grace and forgiveness and hope will start to flow through you and then they will start to change. That's how powerful prayer is. We start praying about the need. We bring our needs to God, but then He starts to change us. How often does that happen? And some of you, your mind's ticking over, thinking about the times when you've had a difficult personal situation and you've started to pray for them and God starts to change you. And then often he will start to change them. So right now, if you've got some difficult situations in your world, I want you to pray blessing on the person. Even if the Bible says pray for your enemies and bless them. And I hope not another Christian is your enemy. Pray blessing on them. Love them. Say, God, help change my attitude. Help me to forgive them. 
And as you do, something starts to shift in here and here. And then you'll see breakthrough. And that's what happened here. As they prayed and praised in the middle of the darkness, God came and intervened. And I thought, wow, how awesome. How awesome. So I want to stir your heart, the power of prayer. As God comes and, and sets us free. I want to ask you a question. I wonder what they were praying. Have you ever thought about that? What would their prayer have been? I don't know. It doesn't tell us what songs they were singing. It says they were singing hymns or songs. Often they used to sing the Psalms. Quite a few, um, I don't know if they'd written many modern hymns then, but a lot of the times they used to sing the Psalms, the Jewish people. That's what they sang. And you'll see a lot of the Psalms were written with, to music, so they used to sing. Shout to the Lord. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. They had their chains. They probably had the percussion going. That's all they had. They didn't have any, any, anything else. They, they were banging their chains together, whatever. And they had it really had a great rhythm up. I wonder what they prayed. doesn't tell us. They just prayed. But I reckon they started to pray blessing on the people that had uh, beaten them up earlier in the day. I reckon they started praying blessing on the people who had stirred up the city officials and got them thrown in jail. I reckon they started to pray blessing on the city that they were in because God had sent them there. And I reckon they started to pray blessing on the people and the city and the people who have uh, wounded them and maybe the prison guards. And they started to pray blessing on all the other prisoners and saying, Lord, touch them. We're in the middle of this. God, bring your blessing onto these people's lives who don't know any better. It wouldn't surprise me. They were praying those sort of prayers. And they were praying the sort of prayers and said, God, you sent us on this mission trip. And I believe we were con- meant to continue this. and We're not meant to die in this stinking, rotten uh, prison in Philippi. And I reckon they started to claim the promises of God that said, you will complete the task I've given you. And you will fulfill your destiny. And I reckon they declared, God, we will not die any day short of what your plan and purpose is written in the book for us. And they started to declare those promises of God over their lives. And they lifted their voice. And they prayed and they praised. And then they prayed and praised some more. And in the middle of it, God says, okay, guys, I get it. No one's going to get any sleep all night with you guys going. So the earthquake came and he busted open the doors. Sometimes we've just got to not give up. If you go back to Luke 11, we see a story about this. I used to wonder about this story. So this, this is pretty full on. Jesus had done, taught about the Lord's Prayer. Remember in Luke 11, our Father which art in heaven. And after that, straight after that, he went on and told this story in verse 5 of Luke 11. Then Jesus said to him, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, here we go, midnight again. Paul and Silas, about midnight, God showed up. At midnight, you go and start annoying your neighbor for some food. Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. Suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, But because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. (laughs) Wow. Listen to the message version. And he said, imagine what would happen if you went to a friend in the middle of the night and said, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. 
an old friend traveling through just showed up and I don't have a thing on hand. The friend answers from his bed. Don't bother me. The door's locked. My children are all down for the night. I can't get up to give you anything. But let me tell you, even if he won't get up because he's a friend, if you stand your ground knocking and waking up all the neighbors, he'll finally get up and get you whatever you need. That sounds about like how it happened, eh? And sometimes we're too polite and think, oh, well, God doesn't really want us to be like that. We don't have to demand from God, but he's trying to teach us perseverance in prayer. Sometimes we ask once or twice and it doesn't happen. We think, oh, well, it mustn't be God's will. Hey, sometimes you know it's God's will, but he wants to grow some faith, some perseverance, some steadfastness, not giving up. So you just keep on going until the breakthrough happens. It's not that God's being difficult. It's not that he hasn't heard your prayer, but sometimes he has to work and change your heart and the other person's heart before he brings the breakthrough. Because if, if he gives you the answer really too quickly, and sometimes you're not ready for it, they're not ready for it, and the blessing is lost and missed. So God loves us so much that he will at times appear like he's taking a long time to answer the prayer. God's drawing you closer to himself. He's preparing your heart and theirs. So don't try that tonight at midnight. Go and knock on some neighbors and wake them up. You might have the police called on you. But the principle is pray and don't give up because let's look at the next few verses because this is what Jesus says straight after this story. Verse 9 of Luke 11. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, if you look at the Amplified and the original meaning of those words, it says, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking until the answer comes. That's the sort of prayer God wants us to have. Not to just pray and think, oh, well, if it doesn't happen, it can't be God's will. Sometimes you know it's God's will. It's God's will that everyone would come to Christ. It's God's will that there would be peace and blessing over our city. It's God's will, he says, household salvation. It's God's will for health and blessing and strength and freedom and all those things. We know they're God's will. Sometimes he wants to draw us into a place where we just don't give up. And the Spirit of God's drawing us. God's put plans and purposes and dreams and prophecies in your heart and mine. And I've learned you just don't give up. You outlast the schemes of the devil. You keep on believing, pressing in. And even if the answer when it does come isn't quite what you started out believing, God's a good Father and He will bless you and sometimes even give you something better than what you believe for. That's the Father we serve. Listen to what the next verses say. It says in verse 11, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? If he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to, to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Oh, I love this. Don't give up. Keep on knocking, seeking, asking. Not because God's deaf, 
not because he's a mean father, but he loves us and he is changing us in the journey. Sometimes we want the answer, but God is actually taking us on the journey and the journey is as important as the destination. Have you noticed that? That sometimes you've been believing God for something and it just hasn't happened yet. Maybe you're believing for a breakthrough in your business or your studies or your relationship and you're, you're praying and asking and you're written all the promises then. You've got all the scriptures written up like Liz did on the wall in her uh, smelly shoe clothes closet last Sunday night. Got all the scriptures up there and you're praying them and believing and it doesn't quite happen the way, when and how you think. But sometimes we, we know that as we're praying, it's never wasted because God's changing us in the process. He's revealing His grace and character to us. And then sometimes He'll surprise and do something different or even better or greater than what we had believed for. And in the process of us waiting, He's working His grace in our lives. Isn't that so beautiful? God's revealing His grace and mercy and pouring in His blessing and resources Sometimes he'll link you to other people that are believing for the same breakthrough that you would never have met before. God will turn it all for good if we keep praying and keep trusting and keep believing. The message version of this says it slightly differently. But it says, Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This is not a cat and mouse hide and seek game we're in. If your little boy asks for a serving of fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? If your little girl asks for an egg, do you trick her with a spider? As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. And don't you think the Father who conceived you in love will give the Holy Spirit when you ask Him? Hallelujah. Oh, God. The Holy Spirit. Some of you are believing for the, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of you are believing for the gifts and fruit of the Spirit to grow in your life. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, He's given you heavenly language. That's the beginning. That's the doorway. And then you ask Him for the fruit and gifts of the Spirit to grow and overflow your life. That will bring glory to Him. And that's what God says, I will bring it to pass. If your prayer life is plodding along a bit, Pray in the heavenly language that God's given you because it's a personal prayer language. Wow. I remember I got saved and about four months later, I got filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues and felt this fire, fire in my heart. I remember those four months. I used to watch some of my cousins and friends in the church and they used to love worshiping and I enjoyed singing, but I just couldn't touch what they were touching. And I watched them pray in the Spirit and thought, God, I need that gift in my life because I saw they had the confidence and an authority in their prayers that I just didn't have. Now, I remember I was here at a youth camp in Easter in the Beth Shen campsite here in 1975. And I got filled with the Holy Spirit on a Sunday night right next door here in the campsite just out the back here. And something happened in my heart. A fire, a fire came in my soul. And I just got a few words that first night. And the pastor who talked to me and prayed with me says, just keep speaking what God's given you. And it'll grow. And within a week, I remember walking the beach and then driving all the way back to Crows and Toowoomba, praying in the few words I had. And by the end of the week, I had this fluent language of the Spirit flowing in my life. And it gave me a fire. And I'll tell you what, my prayer life just moved up about three gears. Because I'd have my prayer list and pray all them and pray a scripture. And after 10 minutes, I think, what else do I pray for? But when I'd had the life of the Spirit, I'd pray in the Spirit. 
and I'd pray with my understanding. I'd pray in the Spirit more and then pray with understanding. I'd sing in the Spirit. And that's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14. What shall I do? I will pray in the Spirit. I'll pray with my understanding. I will sing in the Spirit. I'll sing with my understanding. And it just brings you into greater freedom and flow and life. And that propelled me into a much greater free place of praise and worship. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in heavenly language, you need to speak that daily in your prayer and worship. If you haven't received that power of God, that gift of the Spirit, tonight we're going to pray and believe for that to happen over your life because God wants to fill you with His Holy Spirit and power. If you do speak in other tongues, let it flow. And like I shared this morning, I have several different languages God's given me now over the years. So if you've just got one language, believe for more. And I've got one or two that are just a beautiful flowing of worship and intimacy with God. And every now and then I change gears and I start speaking this strong, authoritative prayer language. It sounds like an African dialect. I don't know what it is. I've been been on mission trips, but no one's started to interpret it and say, oh, that's what you're talking about. But I know it's from God. And when I start to pray in that, there's an authority comes out of my spirit. There's a boldness comes and I start to take on the schemes of the enemy. And I pray in faith. And then when I move from that into English, I'm then in a new place of authority in the name of Jesus Christ. God's given us our prayer language as a gift. It's not something just to have, well, I can speak in tongues. It's a gift from God to help you pray with authority. And often when you pray in the Spirit, it says your mind is unfruitful, but your spirit's made alive to God. And all of a sudden, you will start to see and think things that you weren't thinking before. You'll start to have revelation on what the real needs are. You started praying for this about the person, but before long, you're praying about this because the Holy Spirit has opened up what the real issues are in people's hearts. I reckon Paul and Silas were praying in the Spirit for a while that night because they probably weren't quite sure what we pray about. I reckon they prayed in the Spirit for a while and then the Holy Spirit came and blessed them. A couple of things tonight different ways of praying there's different terms in scripture the bible says calling to god just calling out to god romans 10 13 says for everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved i want something to think about what did you pray when you gave your heart to jesus or you had that encounter with god maybe you're in a desperate unsafe situation you called out you called out. I remember Mary Lynn was uh, only a new Christian, though. We were driving up to Bunya Mountains to a youth camp. And uh, we came around this corner, and something happened on her brakes, and they failed. And so they went over the side of the cliff <clears throat> with a whole carload of young people on the Bunya Mountains, only saved a little while. And they went over this cliff. The brakes failed going around the corner. And if you've been in the Bunya Mountains, that's a steep place. They went over this cliff and thankfully there's a whole lot of lantana bushes and shrubs there and they just sort of ended in that and were sitting over the cliff, hanging in the bushes. We came around the corner and others came around and they oh! Alan Sage was there, he had a rope and pulled them back out. They were shaken up, but boy, they were full on for Jesus that weekend because <laughs> they realized they could have been, they could have died. They prayed and I remember... Marilyn said when she came around the corner and realized her brakes had failed, the only thing that came out of her mouth was, Jesus! Just called out. That was calling on the name of the Lord. No time to 
make a nice theological prayer now we've got to do it to the father in the name of jesus and we've got to make sure we pray the words right and and use the right language no you just call on god and we've all had times like that when you've cried out to god call on the name of the lord and you will be saved now saved can be salvation for when you first meet jesus or you can be saved from a dangerous situation the word saved is sozo, so you can come into wholeness, so you can use that prayer when you're battling addiction or strongholds or fear in your life. You can say, God, help me break this thing over my life. And sometimes you've got to raise your voice, not to yell, but you need to know, God needs to know, and you need to know that you're serious and you're going to press in and not put up with this any longer. Because <laughs> the enemy will try and mold us, think, well, that's just the way I am. You know, I've had this anger problem. My father had it. My grandmother had it. And the whole family think, well, that's just an issue I've just got to put up with. Rubbish. God said he's come to set you free. But until you get serious about it and start to speak to that mountain with authority, you won't get through. You've got to call on the name of the Lord. So well, I'm just a nice, quiet personality. I don't do that. There are times you've got to call out from your spirit. You've got to get serious about it and say, I'm not putting up with this depression any longer. I'm not going to put up with this intimidation that that person is putting over me. Lord, I'm going to ask you for wisdom, for a breakthrough and a strategy and a way to change this lifestyle. Maybe here tonight and God's stirring your heart. You need to call on the name of the Lord. Cry out with his promises. You need to confess them with all of your heart. Don't settle where you are, otherwise you won't change. I know what I'm talking about. I was really shy when I was young. I was too scared to speak publicly and do anything. I remember when I first got saved, I was terrified. Putting my hand up and going out at a youth meeting and to acknowledge that Jesus was my Lord and say, it was, oh, mate, God had been working on me for months and years and I kept putting it off because I was scared of what other people would think about me. I know what I'm talking about when it comes to having to break through the fear of man and what other people think about you. I don't know why I was like that. I had lovely family, but that's what I had to break through. And when I made that step, something started to break off my life. And a lot of people thought I was a Christian already because I've been going to church, raised in church. And three weeks later, God made it really tough. He said, I want you to get up in front of your little country church with all your uncles and aunties and cousins and all the people who who think you've been a Christian. I want you to get up and tell them that three weeks ago on that Saturday night at Youth Rally, what really happened, that was the first time you'd ever given your heart to Jesus. I'm saying, oh, God, what? They've all thought I was a good Christian boy. God wouldn't let up all week. And I remember I was so shaking. I was so scared. But in front of 50 or 60 people, I got up and told them. And when I did, something broke off my life of the fear of what people thought about me. I had to face my fear even though I was really, really scared. And I had to declare that Jesus was my Lord. And I had to be honest about what I'd done and hadn't done. And something started to lift off my life. God wants some of you to call on the name of the Lord with faith and authority. Some of you are carrying scars, limitations, family hereditary issues that are so limiting you with rejection or loss or fear or pain. 
And God said, it's time, it's time, it's time for you to stand up and speak in prayer. Speak to that mountain. It might start just on your own. And then God will stir your heart in a prayer meeting to pray. I remember the first time I ever prayed publicly. I was terrified. Where this little uh, youth group, and they decided that everyone had to pray. I'm thinking, I'm just dying inside. You know, I'm just dying. You don't believe this is true. This is true. I was so scared. And when it got to my turn, I squeaked out a few words. I don't know what I said, but I was so scared. But something started to shift in my heart because I had to face my fears. Some of you live a compromised lifestyle because you don't want to be seen as different. Let me tell you, if you're a follower of Jesus, you will be different and you've got to break that fear of what other people think about you. Otherwise, you'll stay in your state of not being happy with God because you know you're not following Him fully and you can never be happy as a sinner because you know the right thing and so you live in this compromised world of uncertainty. Whoa. I know because I knew I needed to follow Jesus and I put it off for years as a young person. I know how that works. But, But you're not happy but God wants to bring true freedom for your life. And one day you've got to step up and say, I'm going to change. I'm going to face this. I'm going to deal with this by God's grace. Oh, Jesus. God wants to break the walls down and set people free. We sang that before. Break the walls down in our hearts of fear of man. The walls of compromise. You've got to call on the name of the Lord. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me. And I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not yet know. Wow. When you call out to God, He will start to reveal and open things up that you've never ever experienced or believed. People say, well, how come you have so many visions and dreams and see stuff? Didn't happen when I first got saved, but I just refused to settle for what I had. I hungered for God. I keep hungering for Him. When I read the Bible, it says, God, speak to me. And I'm passionately running after that. And I keep asking God, show me more. Reveal stuff to me. Because I don't want to settle where I am. Because I've discovered enough about God and His kingdom. It's just so awesome. And I don't want to get to heaven and think, wow, if only, if only, if only, I would have pressed in and made more room for God in my life. If only I hadn't stayed just for that comfortable place in my soul. But Lord, I want to know you. The power of your resurrection. Psalm 4 verse 1 says, Answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Wow. God hears when you call. Sometimes you're lying in bed at night, just can't sleep and saying, God, I need your help. He hears that cry. He hears that whisper. Some of you seem to be trapped into controlling relationships. God hears your cry and he wants to change you so that the situation can be changed around you. Some of you feel like you're trapped by addictive mindsets and the Spirit of God is going to break that and set you free. But you've got to keep stepping up and saying, God, your word promises me this. 
I talked to someone this morning after church and and they realized after I'd preached today, this morning, that they had some prophecies and promises, but they haven't seen many of them come to pass. She said, when you were speaking, I realized I wasn't praying into them and believing for them to come to pass. I was just hoping it would happen. God gives you a promise. You've got to pray that, confess it, believe it, add faith to it. Keep on saying, God, you promised that for my life. I'm going to pray over that and believe it and confess. I'm going to write it up on the wall like Liz Jordan did in her room. I'm going to keep on believing it until it comes to pass. You say, well, if God says it, isn't it going to happen? It's a partnership. When he speaks his word, it's a promise of a preferred future, but you've got to walk through and embrace it. God's not going to drag you through the door to get it happen. He wants you to passionately run after it, to believe. Let faith be mixed with the word and then you'll see heaven's results over your life and people around are blessed. And I believe some of you need to get those prophecies and promises and potential and gifts over your life and the years are rushing by and you think, God, why, why aren't they happening? One of the reasons is because you're not passionately praying and declaring and confessing and going after them in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh God, stir our hearts. Call on the name of the Lord. Pray it into being. You say, well, you're trying to twist God's arm. No, he's already given you the promise. And when you pray and you start praying audacious prayers, God's probably started them because he gives us the desires of our heart. And as we pray, he puts his desires in our heart and you start to pray and believe for things that are beyond the natural realm because he's a supernatural God. Some of you want to pray for the sick and see them healed. Say, oh, that'd be awesome. And you've for years been hoping it might happen. You've got to passionately run after it. I'd love to be able to prophesy and to speak God's word into people's lives. It's not going to happen just by sitting around and hoping. When I first got saved and filled the Spirit, I remember I was in a church like this. And we'd get people that come and pray and prophesy. And I used to be the catcher or one of the catchers. And I'd just see it. If I wasn't catching, I was sitting on the front row and I'd be the last one to leave that service because I wanted to catch every bit of overflow of anointing and I wanted to watch. And I'd say, Lord, one day I'm going to do that. For years I said, one day I'm going to do that. God, teach me how to do it. I've got no idea how to hear from you and pray and prophesy over people and see the sick here. But one day I'm going to believe for it to happen. I used to sit in the front row. I'd position myself. I'd walk up and down and hear what the what the evangelist or the preacher would say and watch and say, God, help me to do what he's doing from my own heart. And for years I pursued that and said, God, show me how to do this because I want to see people set free. I don't want to go through my life just cruising along and having a blessed life. I want to see lives set free. Now that desire was planted by God, but I had to choose to water it, position myself and hunger after it and pray into it many times. And I'm so hungry for much more because what we're seeing happen now is only just the beginning. Oh God, you've got to pray into the promises and prophecies because they're the preferred hope and future God has you, but you've got to press in and believe for them. Prayer of faith, declaring. And God's going to help us move in but you've got to step in and believe for it in Jesus name oh God you're so good one more scripture and we'll wrap it up tonight Jeremiah 29 11 about seeking God says for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope in a future then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart And I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. 
there's something about being wholehearted. Caleb's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Amazing guy. At 85, he was still taking out giants and claiming mountains. <laughs> he's, he's my type of man. Got the promise at 40. 45 years he waited. He was one of the original 12 spies, Caleb and Joshua. The only two out of the 12 that made it to the promised land. The only two of their whole generation that lived through the 40 years in the wilderness. How many tens of thousands of funerals did they go to? All their mates, all of their generation, they went to all their funerals for 40 years. And when they get to 80 years old, they said, let's go. Let's go. God called Joshua to be the leader. Caleb didn't get upset, say, how am as faithful as him? He said, no, I'm going to go and claim that mountain that God showed me when we spied out that land 40 years before. It was five years into the um, possessing the land before they got to that mountain. The biggest giants were there, not the little ones. He didn't take the easy one. He said, I want where the biggest giants are, the giants of Anak. They're about three times the size of Tim. You know, they were monsters. He says, let's take that mountain. He's 85, and he said, give me this mountain. He hadn't lost any of his fire and faith. He said, give me this mountain. Even with all the disappointment and, and the years that went by and all of his friends dying, he still said, give me this mountain. That's the sort of faith God's looking for. You say, well, I'm not that strong and determined. God can make you. He can draw you. He can passionately stir your heart because he's looking for an army of warriors. The Gideons who started out afraid of the crowd, and God looked at him and says, Rise up, mighty warrior. And I look out tonight and God says, rise up, mighty warriors, prayer warriors, men and women of faith that will start to change the atmosphere of our city, that will see people brought out of darkness into light, that will learn to move in the life of the Spirit like God called us to. Oh, Lord. Worship team, come on up. The message version of this says, when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree, I'll turn things around for you. Oh, Jesus. I just feel the Holy Spirit calling us. I'm passionate about this because I know how powerful this is. God's calling us to respond and run after him. Let's stand in his presence right now. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. 